0: This little trip is going to look a whole lot like a spectacular waste of time. It's not going to be that. I really believe that. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning from Philadelphia. I'm Dayon Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. Pirates versus Phillies here tonight. At Citizens Bank Park, I'm here to cover this trip. Why? When there's football going on and hockey going on, and this season has been shot really since May? Well, I've got two reasons. One, full disclosure, my son's going to school out here at Drexel. Any chance I have to see my guy is one that I'm going to embrace his first year away. Two, is that unless you haven't been paying attention... Club's done pretty well. And it's not a spurt. It's not a streak. It doesn't have any particularly compelling numbers attached to it, like, you know, they win 10 in a row or 11 in a row and get everybody talking about them. Nothing like that. Instead, it's been the whole tortoise and hare thing. It's been slow and steady. It goes back a couple of months. They lost the first five games coming out of the All Star break. Remember that? And it looked like, pew, there they go. Since those five losses, they've gone 33 and 28. Now, when you put that into the prism of a 74 and 82 overall record, when you try to figure out why they've been decent for two months, or above decent, I guess you could say, and why they were able to start out 20 and 8, and what in hell went wrong in the middle, it gets a lot more convoluted. But when you're talking about a younger outfit, when you're talking about a roster that for its more important players is still low on average experience, then it's fair, I think, to look at the trend. More than anything that's overall. And that, by the way, includes April. Because a lot of what happened in April were the veterans coming through. It was Andrew McCutcheon, Carlos Santana, and the likes of Henry Davis, Andy Rodriguez, and those guys. They weren't even here yet. So out of everything that's occurred over 2023, if we're being honest with ourselves, the last two months are probably the fairest representation It's the players that you're going to see for the most part in 2024. It's the team spirit, camaraderie, stick-to-itiveness that you'll ideally see again in 2024. And I'm going to stress this part anew. This is consistency and baseball success with rare exceptions like this year's Braves who are just so freakishly awesome when it comes to hitting a baseball. Success is measured in just being there day after day after day and being competitive regardless of who you're facing, where you're facing them, or for that matter, who the opposing pitcher is. The hardest part is still to come, so I don't even want to make it sound like this is some sort of step that's achieved. I'm just trying to make some sense out of what's already happened. And what's already happened in a lot of cases, look, let's put it this way. What Carmen Leginski, just focus on him, what he went through the other night in Cincinnati, had to have known, had to have known when he took the mound that he was partaking in something historic. Now, I don't think the Elias Sports Bureau is running out there to tell him, hey, by the way, kid, if you get this, the Pirates are going to have the greatest comeback they've ever – no, okay? But uh, you come back from nine down, you're going to have some awareness. You're going to feel that pressure. And then you're in that stadium where everybody's wearing red and they want to see their team make it to the playoffs for the first time and who knows how long – and he's facing the heart of the Cincinnati order. He's facing the guy that's been all over Sports Center and everything else. The kid Ellie Dela Cruz, and Dela Cruz is battling him out to a dozen pitches, and he just keeps going, and he wins. And Andy behind the plate, other half of the battery, pumps his right fist. He wins. Those are situations that they can't manufacture somewhere else. This isn't like NASA where they can put you in a tube somewhere in Houston or Cape Canaveral or wherever it is that they do it and say, "Hey, this is just like flying a rocket or what it's like to have breakfast on the International Space Station." This is this is stuff that has to happen and it did happen. Notice again I'm using past tense. It did happen. They're going to be stronger for it. They're going to be more ready for what comes next. And yeah, if they succeed the way Mlodzinski and Rodriguez did and the way that entire team did with all that offense on Saturday, they're going to be stronger for it and sooner. And that also matters because as I kind of go out of my way to point out on this show all the time, the clock isn't unlimited here. It's a bright future, but you can't just keep kicking the can. You're going to have a crossover here between the Brian Reynolds slash Brian Hayes slash Mitch Keller group and the Paul Skeens, Henry Davis, Andy Rodriguez group. And you've got to make sure that it converges with all cylinders firing this makes a difference this trip here can make a difference same sort of setting same caliber opponent so yeah i'm looking forward to it last look last look at 2023 see where they take it when we come back j1q North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Your front door. Your car. Your bike. Your computer. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Every day you lock and secure your home and everything you want to keep safe. Gun safety and responsible storage are no different and the best way to help prevent accidents, misuse, and theft. If you have a firearm, own it, respect it, and secure it. Visit ProjectChildSafe.org. Brought to you by the National Shooting Sports Foundation and the Bureau of Justice Assistance. Today's J1Q comes from Bill who says, DK, I feel like the Pirates can make some hay next year if they were to just go out and get one actual middle of the rotation starter rather than a retread or a cast off and a guy to play first base who isn't 37 years old or some career 189 hitter. The reinforcements will continue to arrive in the coming years from the system, but there can never be enough starting pitching. Witness all these TBD triplets that have been getting three starts per week for us over the last month, and I really don't think there's going to be any help arriving internally at first base anytime soon. Bill, your pessimism about those positions, I don't even know if I should call it pessimism. Your evaluation of those positions is correct. They do need more starting pitching. They do need a first baseman. And I'm still of the mind that they need somebody else of significance in that outfield mix, even pending what they plan to do with Henry Davis. And if that sounds complicated, so is the situation. But I'll start with this. Middle of the rotation, uh, that phrase in general doesn't do a whole heck of a lot for me. I know what you're saying. But if I'm looking at the Pirates rotation and I've got Mitch Keller, Paul Skeens, Johan Oviedo, somebody fixing up one or both of Rowanzi Contreras and Luis Ortiz. We'll see where some of the injured guys might fit in. We'll see how they plan to utilize Jared Jones and at what point in 2024. There's a bunch of variables, but I don't look at middle of the rotation and say, there's the opening, and I don't think you do either. I just want to make sure that this is, this is clear in the way that I'm phrasing it. Go get a starting pitcher. Go get an actual starting pitcher. Don't worry about their caliber, and don't worry about their price. And I know that sounds – I know, okay? We're talking about the Pirates here. But the part where you and I disagree, and this contributes to the starting pitching thing, I believe they're going to go get Carlos Santana, and I have no problem with that. None whatsoever. I don't care if he's 38. I don't care if there's anybody else coming in the system. Certainly not at that position. You can manufacture a first baseman out of thin air. Jared Triolo might be a first baseman or even the first baseman. He might be a guy that backs up at both positions, meaning first and third. Great. Great. That's wonderful. He's shown a nice little bat. He's been encouraging coming off of a a minor hand surgery that sapped some of his power. Now we're starting to see his power. We know he can field at an elite level at third. It's not that hard of a transition. As Ron Washington once spoke in the Moneyball movie. <laughs> oh, wait. Actually, Washington was the one sitting next to Billy Bean who said, it's incredibly hard. So I take that back. It's incredibly hard to learn first base. But you can. You can. Triolo can. Triolo's talented enough. So I'm not worried about first. I don't think you have to overspend on anything in the outfield. Because you still got to stick Henry somewhere, right? Henry's not going to cost you anything for a long time. And you're not doing something with Jack Sawinski. He's going to be your center fielder. He almost has to be with all those home runs. So where are you going to... I don't want to say overspend, but where are you going to really spend? And the Pirates have it to spend, and they need to spend. This is the year. They have to go over $100 million, back over $100 million, I should say, since they've been there before. They have to. They absolutely, unconditionally have to. Where else are you going to spend it? Relievers don't cost much unless you're going and getting someone for the back end. You sure don't need that. Where are you going to spend it? starting pitching. Go get a good one. Go get a really good one. Go get somebody who pushes Keller or even Skeens. Go get that. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll do another one of these tomorrow.